Welcome to the Instinctive Influencers Podcast, a show where influence becomes one of your tools for success. Now, here are your hosts, Brian Weber and Ed Haley. Hi, I'm Brian, and this is the Instinctive Influencers Podcast. Today, I don't have Ed with me, but I do have a special guest uh, who, well, who means a lot to me. It's my wife. Say hello, Michelle. Hello, everyone. This is Michelle Weber, my wife, who has uh, been fortunate enough to have to put up with my uh, business for years to come, or for many years now and many years to come. Um, We've been married uh, quite a few years, wouldn't you say, Michelle? Yes, feels like a lifetime, a wonderful lifetime. You say that very nicely. (laughs) But before we can even get into the topic of today, which by the way, today's topic is building a lifelong marriage of influence. And really it's about like how our marriage, we've built it over time and then we've basically influenced each other to be our better self. But before we can do that, we have to go because you're a guest on the show and you've never answered this. So now you have to answer 10 of the instinctive response questions. Are you ready? I'm ready. Hardest physical event? The half Nashville um, half marathon. I was ended up being six weeks pregnant doing that one. <laughs> I remember because I walked it with you. Yes, you did. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Most influential musical band? Oh, that's a hard one. Um, because I love music, but I'm not really into like specific bands. Um, I think instead of saying a band, I'm going to say a song because it's what pops into my head. Um, Lean On Me was uh, one of my grandfather's favorite songs and it always um, sticks with me when I hear it about how people need to lean on each other and uh, be there for each other and kind of pay it forward. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that is a good song. I love listening to it. Actually, I think, didn't Weezer just redo that? I believe so, yes. On the Teal album, yep. Yes. It's pretty good, too, for those of you who have not listened. It's a very good album. (laughs) Who would play you in a movie of your life? Oh, wow. Um, It'd have to be somebody crazy. Um, Crazy? No. (laughs) Supposed to be somebody pretty Uh, attractive, you know, really witty. Um Deals with their husband really well. Oh, well, you're just being sweet. Um, I would say maybe in the younger days, Sally Fields. <laughs> Sally Fields. <laughs> she would. She, I don't know why. She reminds me of my mom, but she's got that that um, caring aspect, but she's got a little bit of crazy pull, thrown in there when she plays her parts. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. She, she, yeah, I, I mean, whenever I think of Sally Fields in the back in the day, I always think of Smoking the Bandit, and they called her Frog, but yeah. All right, so here's the next one. If you had one superpower, what would it be? Oh, telekinesis. Telekinesis. The house would always, yes, the house would always be clean. <laughs> I wouldn't even have to get up to do it. Kid drops something on the floor. I could pick it up with my mind and put it back where it belongs. It'd be amazing. <laughs> That's a good one. Actually, I'm, yeah, that would actually, uh, that would work out very well. That's like, a, that's a, that's a mom superpower. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. Oh, wow. If the house was on fire, what two things would you run back in to get? 
not people, not, you know, the animals are out, the people are out. Okay. Um, um, two things in my house. Um, I would go get our picture albums, our family picture albums. We have like a... We've got our wedding. Well, we have our wedding album. Well, they're all in the same place, so I could just grab a handful of them. We should put them digital then, I guess, huh? We do need to do that. But the good news is they're right by the front door, so they'd be easy to get. There you go. <laughs> All right. Uh, if you could be on a magazine cover, what would it be? Interesting. Uh, I've not read a magazine in a long time. Just think about it. Somebody's at the supermarket, and they see a magazine cover because they're walking up to check out. What one would it be that you'd want somebody to see you on? Um, Maybe the Magnolia Farms magazine. Oh, that's... With the... Um, mm-hmm. Yes, because... That'd be nice because she could, they could redo a house for us, and I could be on the cover with our new house. That's well. I mean, I do or like the her, Magnolia Journal. Yeah, I like her style, so that that'd be good. All right, what's your favorite thing in your closet right now? My favorite thing in my closet has got to be my. I have a Sunday dress that is flowy and has pockets, and it's comfortable, and it's breezy. <laughs> It's a dress. All right. So the next one, next one. Actually, we have two more. I want to say the next one. Best gift you've ever received. Oh, our precious babies. Oh, I knew you were going to say that. Yes. I literally knew you were going to say our children. I don't. Yeah. Okay. They count as gifts. Okay. Yeah. They they just keeps giving every day. They're. More than every day, every hour, every second. I love them. them. And Eva, (laughs) since she was born on Christmas night, she really was a Christmas present. Yeah, she was. Yeah, that was uh, was quite the evening. All right, so last, last instinctive response question. What's the best piece of advice you've received? The best piece of advice I've received Mm -hmm. um, since to... Since the show is kind of about marriage today, I'll talk about one of the things we received. Actually, on our wedding day, we had everyone write down bits of advice for us. And on one of the cards, I can't remember who wrote the card, but it talked about putting God first and each other first in our marriage and making sure the communication was there and everything else would fall into place. Well, that, I'm glad it's not what I thought it was going to what I thought it could be. And that was. Your mom saying, are you sure you want to do this? <laughs> I did hear that many times before we actually got married. Yeah. Including the day of, I believe, but yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just happen to know that a few times, listeners. She may or may not have. And if my mother-in-law is listening, yes, I know you said that. <laughs> anyway. All right. So those were the 10 questions from Michelle Weber for instinctive response. Not too bad. Not, not too bad. Uh, I mean, they were short, sweet, but really today's show was, I wanted to, you know, you've already heard, uh, you heard Ed and Tammy, they got to speak. Uh, they did a show on music not too long ago and they, they shared a lot of things. I just want to try to bring my wife on and really, cause something that resonates with us is our marriage and, and how we go about our marriage and, and whatnot, you know, and I will tell you who would have thought a person could meet the love of their life after a Hank Williams Jr. concert in the parking lot of Starwood Amphitheater in Nashville, Tennessee. 
about 15 years ago that happened. And we didn't really officially become husband and wife until uh, 2005. But it was September 17th of 2005. Um, but who would ever thought that, you know, that's where you meet the person you're going to spend the rest of your life with. And 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 it's uh, it's been quite the ride thus far, wouldn't you say? <laughs> yeah, it's quite the roller coaster. Yeah. yeah. She married she married into the military, um, but really you were already part of the military before. I mean, in a sense, right? We were, yes. Daddy's um daddy's retired. Mm-hmm. Retired army. So yes. Yep. He was a he was a master sergeant in the army. Um and I am constantly reminded by my wife's uncle Jerry <laughs> that I need to stay in longer so one day I can outrank my father-in-law. <laughs> yes, he's very adamant about that. He is. <laughs> he he reminded me right before I left. Matter of fact, uh, uh, the week before I left. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the, you know, the thing is, is <clears throat> we're going to talk about you know lifelong mar- uh, you know, marriage, you know, building that lifelong marriage, you know, to create influence amongst each other, but. Right off the bat, I'm uh, listeners. I will tell you, we're not experts. We just know that what has worked for us and how we've gone about things. And I mean, and then there's the other, there's things that didn't work for us. So we're gonna go, you know, kind of go throughout that. You know, the expectation is really to offer you how we are able to get this far through influencing one another. And believe me, there's influence on both sides. We've we've influenced each other, you know, in many things. Whether you know. I remember, I can say, I can safely say, I remember my wife once saying to me, I will never run unless somebody's chasing me. (laughs) And I'm pretty sure you trained for a half marathon. Yes, yes. So there must have been some influence there. And I actually enjoyed it. So yes, there was some influence there. Yeah, I, I I found that funny because it was just it was one of those you, know, you never say never type things, and it and it ended up happening. Yeah. Of course, I didn't think you know. It does. You got to be very careful with things. Yeah, exactly. You know, so building marriage is it, it's just it's another form of lifelong learning to to me, and I would say also, but it's with a partner. You know, this it. So we go through life. We can we learn about different things, but what makes it so crazy is. You can only control, and it's funny, I heard this once, I think, uh, in counseling, <laughs> that you can only control 100% of your side of the marriage, not the other person's side. So you learn it together, you know, as a partners. Uh, <clears throat> but it could be tough if maybe the other person is kind of st- stubborn like a donkey. So really, it comes down to, hey, there's some give and take in this, wouldn't you say? Exactly. Yes, definitely give and take. And you have to be willing to talk about things. You can't bottle things up. Which was a thing that we had to work our way through, wouldn't you say? Yes, both of us. Yes. Both of us do. Yep, absolutely. And it, and really, to tell you the truth, communication, I mean, we, we um, that was an episode a few episodes ago talking about communication. But the thing is, is it works in so many aspects of life, it could, whether it be, you know, just at work or it be with friends or, you know, friends, you know, uh, or, or like in a community or um, type organization. But marriages is probably the most important because you have to be able to talk back and forth, you know. Um, but right before we really get into the highlights of, of the aspects of how to build a, you know, a lifelong marriage of influence, 
you have to really know, okay, when does the marriage really start? And I will say that it literally starts after the honeymoon phase. Yes. Now, the honeymoon phase, there's, you know, it's, there's the, everything is wonderful and, you know, we, we love, you know, everything going on. Do you, do you remember any part of the honeymoon phase whatsoever? I do. I do remember. I feel like our honeymoon phase after marriage was shorter than probably most because we got thrown in to, you know, we picked up and moved right after we got married. But I remember the honeymoon phase. Nobody, you never did anything wrong. Everything was cute. And yes. I think it lasted, what, a month? (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) Maybe, yeah. Yeah. We got some, we have some, uh, we have a list of 10 things that you will know that the honeymoon phase is over. We're going to share back and forth reading these. All right. So I'll start right off the bat. You stop trying to be your best you in appearance and, and action for other persons. Sweatpants on, makeup and styling is off. Um, I'm pretty sure we kind of, I think we went beyond that. Uh, we were already doing the sweatpants <laughs> thing way before we were married. Yeah. You know, I love so, my sweatpants. Yes. Yeah. I think we were actually comfortable enough not to have to worry about that. Yeah. No, I don't think that's ever was a big issue with us. I didn't wake, you know, you see those movies where women would wake up before their husbands and do their hair and their makeup and then go back to bed. Actually, you just saw that show. Um, there was a show. Yeah, um, Marvelous Miss Mabel, Maisel. I think that that's that show. And yeah, I was like, I could not imagine doing that because you can't. How is that being your real self in front of your spouse? You're hi- it's like you're hiding something already. Absolutely, yeah, and that's and that's part of the you know you know when the honeymoon phase is over, is you actually are yourself in front of that person. Usually, usually that's when people start getting on each other's nerves. You know, yes. So. Uh, the hamper is there. The clothes go in it. <laughs> so, except yeah. when your wife moves it because she's doing laundry and doesn't put it back where it belongs. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna admit something to the audience. I'm gonna let you know that our hamper is never in the same place. It has not been in the same place in 15 years. Fifth, well, 15. <laughs> it's put it this way. I never. I I'm, I'm pretty sure once a week I ask my wife, "Where's the hamper?" <laughs> Because I want to put my clothes in them. So, all right, Michelle, you want to read the number two? Yes. You start being more honest about your dislikes, especially restaurants. How is that so? <laughs> I don't I don't understand. Yeah. I, what, restaurants? Oh, that's funny. You mean, you mean as in like I say, hey, you want to go eat here? And you say, no, I really don't like that. Wait, we've eaten here yeah. like a hundred times. We have, that's usually after I say, after I've told you first, when you say, hey, where do you want to eat? And I say, I don't care. And then you pick something and I don't want to go there. And most of the time, that's what it is. And then it turns into one of, and those of you who are starting off in a relationship, you'll see this as you prosper on, or those of you who have already been in a relationship for a while, you notice, you say, hey, where do you want to eat? I don't care. Then we offer up a restaurant. The other person says, I don't want that. It happens. But we, we're to that point where we kind of know what we like and we just go there to eat, you know, whether it be the sushi joint, yellowtail that Michelle likes, or I kind of like it too. And then, uh, what's that? That's a good place. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, oh man, it's so good. Um, and then, or we like Hattie B's. We love a hot chicken. Oh. 
Oh, that place is amazing. Actually, that was the last <laughs> place we ate together as a family before I yes, left for a little while. So Yes, it was. That's whew, man. I just think about Hattie B's and my mouth waters. All right. <laughs> so number three, you stop acting like everything is wonderful all the time. Oh my goodness. I'm pretty sure. Okay, so I remember a time when I made my wife so mad and we lived in our first apartment, she stomped up those stairs and she was just livid with me. And that was when I knew not everything is wonderful all the time. And it was, no. and I laughed too. I'm pretty sure. You did, which made it so much worse. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. But you know, the funny thing is, is I have no idea what that was even about. Couldn't tell you. Couldn't that's tell how that's uh, that's how much it mattered is we don't even remember what it's about it was it was not um effective communication had i just told you why i was mad mm-hmm. and you had you received mm-hmm. me telling you why i was upset and we could have talked like it about it then none of that would have happened mm. and we would have learned from it yeah absolutely you know what though that that falls right into that that basically falls into number four Fighting begins, or at least small, dis- or at least small disagreements. Definitely, of course. Then again, I mean, <clears throat> yeah, we. I think I definitely could say we had our fair share of arguments over the time. But when you really think about it now, like I barely remember the last time we argued. Ah, uh, I don't. Or, or or like really like got mad about something. I don't either. I mean, it's been. I've, I think time. that'll be part of yeah that'll be part of the fourteen areas of lifelong marriage of influence that we'll we'll get into later. But you know yeah that fighting begins and and it's usually over something stupid. I mean really dumb you know Always. and it could be it could be from one of the things above like restaurants or how one another looks you know <laughs> <laughs> it could be something small. All right, so number five, you joke about bodily functions. I would. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, that's that's definitely a way you know the the honeymoon phase is yes. over. You can joke about the bodily functions that happen. Like, did you did you do that? Oh my goodness, that stinks so bad. And then you laugh about it. Oh, that's funny. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but I would have to say though, even though we're at a point where I mean, we've gone this far, we got two children and we we've, you know, done a lot of things together. The one thing we don't do is, uh, well, the bathroom door has to stay closed when we go to the bathroom. Those are things we don't. That's like that's like a taboo thing. So I'm not going to talk about it. Yeah, that's private, Tom. <clears throat> Absolutely. And I like to play on my iPad or my phone. Uh, so number six, what you got, Michelle? You are aware of your partner's negative mannerisms or what you perceive as negative. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's... Yeah, that... Perception. Perception's a funny thing, isn't it? Uh, yeah, perception, absolutely. Because sometimes we think something's wrong and there's nothing wrong. And then there's other times where we don't think anything is wrong and it's like the whole world is crashing down on you. So really, exactly. <clears throat> you start becoming aware of those, but then sometimes you become hypersensitive to them. So it's like, oh man, you know, this, what do I got to do? You know, the next thing you know, you start an account with like FTD, 1-800-Flowers, whatever there is, because, <laughs> you know, or you spend 200 bones at like the melting pot or something, you know, who knows. But yeah, negative uh, negative mannerisms. Now, I mean, 
there's there could be lots of things that you know that you start noticing about somebody else and and it could fall into just like you know maybe i mean sometimes people don't like how the, their underwear is folded or maybe their socks are rolled or um uh, maybe they you know like i know it's funny because we're both the same way in this where we like our clothes hung up a certain way, facing a certain way. So that's kind of like a positive one. But sometimes people like that's one of those negative things. Like, I don't like the fact that, you know, you're hanging up sweaters and they should be folded and put on top of a shelf, you know. So, I mean, those could be seen as mannerisms. Um, yes, it could be. Number seven, you become reactive to conflict or you have an itch to be combative about something you feel strongly about. Wow. Now I, we could open up doorways with that one. I'm some of the things in our personal life that has, uh, that has got, uh, allowed us to be combative. I mean, it was, I mean, I remember times we would argue about, uh, other things and we're just like, and, and I would think, why are you defending this? You know? And, and probably, right. you know, you probably felt the same way, but we get so tied up and we're, we're so strong about what we feel. We don't even think about the other side. Now you get clear closed minded. You don't care what the other person thinks because you're too busy trying to prove why you're right mm -hmm. and why they should feel the same way you do. Absolutely. Instead of listening. Yes. Yeah. It, it, yeah. You know, it's like, well, you should feel how I feel, you know, and instead it's like, wait a second. Where's, where's my side of the empathy or where, you know, the, to, for me to understand, you know, and I think that, you know, that over time, that's something that you really, it, it has to grow because you have to start understanding the other side, you know, like for instance, I know, maybe I know you're more sensitive about something else, or I may be in particular more sensitive about something. And then, and you know that, so it takes time to learn that. And that's definitely one of those things where you'll go out of the honeymoon phase, you'll go through fights about those things, and then you'll start realizing, okay, yeah, that's definitely something we don't need to talk about. All right. All right. So number eight. You have power struggles or start to keep score. Ooh, that's that's tough uh, right there. Start now yep. because I did we, this and you, I did the dishes and I mm -hmm. took the trash out. What did you do today? Mm -hmm. You know, it's. Oh, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, because I mean, well, if you think about it, early in our marriage, um, basically that first three years of our marriage, we both worked, so it really was we had to share responsibilities, and maybe I was being too stubborn and I wouldn't do stuff, and then you would do more, and then it would it would just kind of go back and forth, you know, like wow, you know, it's like how are we making this fifty fifty, and we'll get into a little bit more about that stuff momentarily, but yeah, it's power struggles. And then, you know what, though, that could even, that even happens with the children, too, you know? Yes, it does. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it does. Especially Eva. She is definitely, oh, she's going to be, she's going to be tough on us when she becomes a teenager. I'll tell you that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, but even like, say, how parenting styles, you know, obviously we're one in a marriage. We, we you know, we, we both want the same type of thing, but we may approach it a little bit differently, you know? Where, well, let's say, for instance, when Ethan does something bad, I personally like him to do physical activity to get it out of him and it wears him down. Yes. And, you know, and that's not the way it was, you know, in the beginning it was perceived when we, you know, when we first found out that he had struggles with things, it was, we had to do repetition, repetition. Well, I'm really good at repetition of physical things, 
Number nine, you start talking negatively about the partner with someone outside the relationship. Could be something as small as talking about what bothers you. Ooh, that's oh. one that crawls up my skin. Yes, that's that's definitely one that you've you've always you've always told me about. You know, just don't talk about our marriage outside of our marriage. Yeah. That's important though. But but I will I will say though, and when we get into the communication piece, I think there's an exception to that policy. I I really do now. And it took me it took me a little while to figure it out. Actually, it only took me three years to figure it out, and then I just had to deal with it. <laughs> so number ten. You get in a fight and then create separation. Ooh, that's that's the that's the bad one. Wasn't there something your grandfather used to say about not going to sleep. Oh, don't don't let the anger go down down at night. Uh, don't go to sleep angry. I'll get it out here right in a minute. That's right. Don't that go out. to sleep. <laughs> yep. Don't go to sleep angry. I mean, that's but that's that's that right there is creating that separation, you know. And we've, you know, and the thing is, we've you and I we've fallen into this trap before where we've we've gotten into an argument and we separated ourselves. But I think, see, there's that's another thing. There's a certain type of separation too. If you get mad about something, you want to create a separation so nothing escalates for a moment to cool off, think about what you had to say, and then move on. But we'll get into that. We'll get into that when we get to the 14 areas. All right. From this point, the actual relationship building truly begins, but only as much as you want it. So once you've recognized that you're no longer in this honeymoon phase and you start going through these difficulties and really it's challenging. That's when you really realize now the marriage has started. Now we're actually doing husband and wife things because there is no such thing as a perfect relationship. If it was, it ended. There's no, it just doesn't work that way. Two people of two different worlds who maybe seem alike a little bit, they're going to have their differences, you know? And that's, I mean, we could say that between the two of us. I mean, we, two different upbringings, two different lifestyles. I mean, wouldn't you say? Oh, yeah, totally different. All right, so this is where the show begins. Today, we're going to talk about 14 aspects when thought about in a relationship will help build a lasting love in a marriage of two-way influence, not one-way influence, because one person should not be the dominance over the whole marriage. Now, one person could be a little bit more dominant in a certain area, and then the other one make up for it in another area. But it has to be two-way. There's no there's no, the one person within the marriage. There's two people. So that's how it goes. We'll start right off the bat. Communication. Let's talk about communication, Michelle. What do you think? Communication is probably one of the most important things in a marriage. Number one. Number one, if you, if you can't communicate with each other, then it's all downhill from there. Mm-hmm. And it's funny, um, I you know, I uh, when I talk, it's fun. when I talk to soldiers and I talk to them about their marriage. I often reference ours, um, and one of those things is early on within the first three years, we went to marriage. Well, you went to counseling, and then you got me to go to it finally, and we did marriage counseling. <laughs> and I must say, like I still reference that stuff to this day, mm-hmm. and it helped me so much to kind of start realizing things. I mean, it's it's simple as if you're telling me something and I'm not paying attention, I should be able to at least catch a few things and then reflect it back to you 
so you, at least you you realize, yeah, I guess he is listening to me. What are some things maybe you have you've taken from it? I always think about you talk. You reference the um, the counseling that we attended early on. Um, I always think about the decoder ring. Yes. Example that he gave us. Yes. Because I could say something, and you hear it totally different than what I say it. Because there again, perception. Everyone's perception is different, and. You have to, like you said, repeat back a little bit of what you said to the other person so you make sure you're on the same page. Mm-hmm. But we all communicate differently. And I think it's important to know your spouse, how your spouse communicates so you can actually open up. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, and, and that's what I meant earlier. So when I said earlier that uh, <clears throat> basically that you, know, you shouldn't talk negatively about the other partner with someone outside the relationship. It's not that you talk that we would talk negatively, but we would discuss maybe like if we did individual counseling with this counselor, we would discuss our dislikes, you know, but we were seeking the help. And and this is going to actually fall into number two here in a moment, but it's, it's being able to use that. And, and we're seeking a professional who is, you know, trained in, you know, building relationships. And he, I mean, he, and I don't even remember his name to tell you the truth, but he was amazing. He was a great guy. I loved him to death. I always, you know what I always thought he looked like was, um, Oh, the guy off of, cause he, didn't he have a beard? Did he have a beard? He did. I yes. always thought, okay. So I always thought he looked like, uh, um, Al off of, uh, uh, tool time, um, for, Oh, what's that? What's, what's the Tim Allen show? You know what I'm talking about? I can't remember it now. Home improvement. Home improvement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always thought he looked like Al off there. Uh his his partner in crime because of the beard. I don't know why I always thought that, but but Well, he kinda had the same demeanor as well. With easygoing. The calm, the collective, the easygoing, I'm here for you. How can I help you kind of mm-hmm. kind of attitude. Yeah. And and, and <clears throat> but the thing is he he helped us learn about the communication. And that's where that whole thing came in too, you know, with communication of also is I can only control 100% of my actions within the marriage. I cannot control my spouses. And I think, I really think we both had that because you wanted to be in control of things. I want to be in control of things. And, and it took us some time to realize, okay, hey, this is what I can be in control of. This is what, you know, and and I, I think it's it's worked its way through, you know, obviously we've made it this far. Congratulations. <laughs> Lucky yes. you. All right, so yes. <clears throat> number two, it's never involve others who could be biased. Who would you, Michelle, consider to be biased if you were offering advice to somebody? If I was would run to my family and talk to my family or a friend of mine who's a very close friend of mine about struggles in my in our relationship, they're going to be biased towards me because they're my family. They're my friends. Mm-hmm. So they're going to give me, most of the time, not always, um, they may give you advice towards your benefit because they're not going to want to tell you that you're wrong or that you may need to be doing something different. They're going to give you the advice that's geared towards you and not towards your marriage necessarily. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, it's one of those things where, yeah, cause they're, they're going to have your better interest than the other person. And it's just because of the relationship they've built over the years. You know, it's, I mean, over time, 
you know, uh, maybe it's like your family. Your family's going to love me like I'm, I'm one of theirs. I mean, they already do that, but they're going to take their own child, uh, their their side of things most of the time, depending upon what it is, obviously. Right. Um, but yeah, and what happens is if, so listeners, um, if those of you who are in, you know, relationships and you don't realize like <clears throat> you may, you may talk to somebody about your significant other and you, you're saying things, but you don't realize that what you're doing is you're also creating a negative image about that other person. Yes. Um, and what happens, like, I know how, like, it would make me feel is like, I just wouldn't feel like I, um, uh, I belonged around that person or anything. And, you know, it's just, that's why, you know, it kind of, so it kind of dampens the relationship a little bit where instead we, we, fix that we we fix that by well one of the ways could be counseling another way could obviously be communication but sometimes people don't know how to communicate so they have to learn you know and, and there's there's different ways to communicate you know she talked about the decoder ring you know her message i may not understand it so i needed a decoder ring well the way the uh the counselor spoke was you need to decode your message to where they to where they can understand it, and it's I mean, it, it's useful, um, and that helps you keeping the bit you know. And no one wants to put their dirty laundry in the face of others. So, all right, so well, and go back to number two. Um, something else you've got to be careful when involving others is you're venting to others, and sometimes you're venting over something that's really not that big of a deal, and by the time you get done venting the problem becomes so much bigger than what it really was because that other person's also festered mm-hmm. you and mm-hmm. made that problem so much bigger because they've then told you what's wrong with their marriage or, or their relationship. And now you're going back and forth with each other and talking and like, who's got it worse than the other. And the problem gets so much bigger oh, yeah. than what it really was to begin with. And, that can happen when you talk to others instead of the person that you're actually having the issue with. Oh yeah. And, and, and that and happens actually, even yeah, outside of it is. Oh yeah. And they can stoke the fire too, in a sense, because exactly. what if they are biased towards you and then they're, they're agreeing with you. And now they're like, yeah, you should have told them this. And next thing you know, it's building and building. It's just one of those things that could really, uh, it could turn into some nastiness. All right. So no, number three was don't bash insecurities, support them. So insecurities, um, I know one of mine is I have a bad habit of, uh, chewing on my fingernails and I, I, some reason I just, I don't know. I, I, it's like I can stop for a few months and then all of a sudden something just like tweaks me and I do it, but I've never had, you've never once bashed me about that because that is one of my insecurities. I don't know why it just is. Um, or I have like the crooked pinkies too. Those ones drive me crazy. (laughs) You can't so, even notice them. That's right. But, you know, I mean, those are some of the insecurities. You know, um, if we support somebody, you know, um, if, you know, if Michelle feels insecure about something, about her, um, maybe how she's looking, I shouldn't say, oh, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. You look horrible today. You know, that's, I mean, that to me, that's just, that's keeping him down, keeping the other person down and not help build them up because that's part of the marriage is building each other up to be confident in one another. And also 
when we support one another, that's who we turn to when we need comforting. Wouldn't you say? Yes. Yeah, and I think if if we don't, if someone doesn't point out our insecurities and they support us instead, those insecurities, I think, start to not be as big of a deal. No, not at all. And, and yeah, exactly. I mean, it turns into more of a, you know what, this is me. I can handle me. All right, so give needed space and know how to request it. Yes. Now, this is important, especially when you're not seeing eye to eye on something and things get escalated instead of talking about them. Why do you say that? Because sometimes you do. Sometimes you just need to walk away. Like if I know that we're, maybe we're having a disagreement and I know that what's about to come out of my mouth is not going to be productive, I can say, we need to table this and we need to discuss it later because I'm, I can't talk about it right now. And now we've both used that on each other before. So much so, so that uh, Eva, just the other day, didn't she just she say sure something did. to you? We were- Eva is six years old and she said to her mother, go ahead. She says, I need to be away from y'all for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> and gets her little, yep, she picks up her water. We're at gymnastics and getting ready for it to start. And she picks up her water and goes and sets about three rows in front of us waiting for class to start. And I, I just, it was, it was cute because I knew what she was doing. She was getting upset and it was, it was actually pretty awesome to see her react that way. And again, it was like, Oh no, she is, she's six years old going on 16. She's mm. growing up so fast. I'm so scared right now. I know me too. Me too. Yeah. But, but that's, you know, that's that give the need space. You know, <clears throat> I could tell you, Hey, I, I want to go for a bike ride and, and you're cool with it. You know, I'll go for a bike ride or if I want to go to the gym and I just need to do something physical because physical activity helps me. Um, or even if I'm recording the show with Ed, you know, it's, it's, it's nice for me to kind of pull away for a moment and think about things. Uh, and I would definitely say that there, it can also turn treacherous because uh, a person can get too lost in their thoughts. And if you get lost in your thoughts, you'll tend to, you know, you, maybe you will fester and whatnot. So it's, it's almost like you have to do something that will distract you when you need that space because you, you don't want to come back at your significant other and, and uh, be full force on them, you know, and then it just gets worse and builds up. So really it is, it is about, you know, creating that space, but doing something that kind of help you through whatever it is that's going on. Right. Right. And your space that you're taking never needs to be that long, you know, take an hour or two. Don't take a whole day. Yeah. Don't, you know, to where it's going to just grow even more. Mm-hmm. And then you call worry in whatever that topic was, that other person and you are probably worried about what that other person's doing. Mm-hmm. As far as, you know, are they festering? Are they, are they mad? Are the, so I would never let more than a couple hours go by before you come back and to the table and talk about whatever it was that calls the need for space. Yeah. And, and the request itself is pretty important too. You know, it's, it's, uh, being able to say, Hey, I, I gotta go do something right now. You know, I guess I gotta, I gotta kind of pull myself eject from this for a moment and then I'll come and we can talk about it later. You know, it, it, it could be something as simple as that but it's knowing how to do it. And the other person on the other side, accepting that and say, you know what? You're right. Maybe that's, that's the right thing for right now, but, right. but it doesn't end there. There's going to be a conversation about it at some point. Number five, do and there needs to be. Oh yeah, 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 definitely. Number five, do chores together. 
Uh, this isn't, uh, I try my best. Um, <laughs> I, well, you know, you have an excuse right now. So. Yeah, yeah, you know, I, I don't mind doing dishes. I don't mind cooking. I think we both hate laundry. Oh, yes, with the passion. Yeah, laundry is like, that's probably, I think that's the chore. You know what, though? I don't hate doing laundry together. Like if, if like I'm watching something, like if they're, you know, we throw Netflix on and I'm just folding laundry as not but I don't know. It's like, it's laundry lasts for, even when I'm here by myself, like I have laundry in the dryer right now. And I'm like, man, but doing those chores together, not so bad. Um, so no, I- we, go ahead. Especially if you're both working, like we're, we're lucky enough to have me at home now with the children. But when you're both working, you've got to share those responsibilities even more. Um, that, but being a stay at home mom, I also need you to take on some chores every once in a while because I, I need that break myself. Oh yeah. Yeah, 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 definitely. I mean, and it could be just, I mean, in when we say chores too, I mean, Taking care of the children can be chores in itself sometimes. So, I mean, if like, if you say, Hey, I want to go hang out with my friend, Michelle. Okay. No problem. Uh, I got these yahoos. I can handle them. Well, and then, <laughs> right. <laughs> you, yeah. you always say I am their daddy, you know? <laughs> yeah. I can, I can, I, I'm, I'll try. Well, and I think too, with the chores, doing the chores together and we'll go back to me saying, you know, being a stay at home mom and you work all the time, you're very busy but it was always nice, you know, you would come home on a night and you would cook dinner that night and do the cleanup. And that would that would give me a night to relax. Lord knows I can make a mess when I cook. Yes, but you usually clean it up. So, and it always but, tastes good. <laughs> and it's usually every pan in, yes. yeah. <laughs> but I didn't make have him- to do it, so that's awesome. <laughs> I would say number six is something that we have we've even struggled with up and up in the past three years. Make important decisions together. I will go. We talk. I talked to Ed about this, and and you you heard it in the uh, communication uh, the communication episode about uh, communicating influence. There was the time that we brought that little girl home. I brought that little girl home to let her stay with us for a while. That was a big important decision that. I made the mistake on without saying something first. Obviously, it would probably still have been okay, but I still didn't talk about it. Those, those can be, those can create problems too, right? They can cause rifts, even if you think you know what the other person is going to say, and you probably do know what they're going to say. Give them the courtesy of just running it by them and getting their true feelings on it. Oh yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, <clears throat> in an important decision. The way we see it, it's usually if it's more than 50 bucks in money-wise or if it's life-changing where we have to create new routines, that's an important decision, you know? So, I mean, it, I mean, it's those are the things that have to be talked about. Now, if it's an emergency situation, there's still a way to, you know, talk to each other, but yeah, it's you gotta you got got to got to talk to the other the significant other because then they actually feel like they're part of the decision too. You know, I mean Exactly. You know, you you have to let them know that their decision is important to you and that they matter because it's a marriage is a partnership and mm-hmm. yeah. both, both sides need to need to have input on whatever's going on. Absolutely. Yeah. So number seven, 
have fun together, especially laugh. I would definitely say <laughs> we meet that mark. We do laugh a lot. <laughs> at each other, at, I mean, and it's not, well, so when, when you think at each other, listeners, it's not as in I'm laughing at her, she's laughing at me to make fun of us. It's just well, the stupid things we do, we laugh together about. Yeah. Yeah. And then with that, oh man, I, the things that we've laughed about, I mean, there's been times where my stomach is hurting so bad from laughing. Oh, it's, oh, well, that's, yes. It's definitely, it's definitely a high point, you know, uh, t- just to be able to enjoy the company of another, you know. Um, but with that, once again, I brought up a second ago there, not laughing at each other where it creates uh, hurt feelings or, you know, um, where you're basically making fun of the other person because then now that 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 basically creates a rift just like earlier we talked about that's a communication problem that's an insecurity problem yes somebody's going to want more space than they really should have you know and then I mean, the key words come out you know if we need separation stuff like that it's just those yeah but enjoying a good laugh and i can say our very first time out together is after is was about a week after we met. Yes. Um, we still laugh about to this day. So we went to a drive-in theater in Dixon, Tennessee, and we did not know that you have to tune your radio in in the vehicle to hear the movie. Instead, we were really, really quiet, sitting on the back of my Durango, listening to other people's cars, wondering how they got the sound and we didn't. And you know, neither one of us ever went and asked. Nope. Didn't even ask. So what does that what does that say about our insecurities there? You know, especially early on. Like we could handle it. Obviously, <laughs> we're both goofballs and we have we did not know that you have to tune the radio in. Yeah. To this yeah. day I still laugh yep. about that. That's so funny. But we were getting to know each other, so that was yeah, that was just one of those funny things. That was like the uh the pre honeymoon phase of getting to know someone. Yes. <laughs> Uh, number eight, leave the past behind you. That can be tough, wouldn't you very, say? Yes, very tough, very tough. I, but so important because you can't move on together until you put that past behind you. But that's where I would say counseling is such a great thing, especially if you're struggling with something like that. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm, I mean, it's it can. And, it could be anything too. It could be anything from past relationships to the to actions that people have taken and and it was disrespectful to the other person. I mean, just it could be so many different. It could be just saying the wrong words. And if you bring it, if you constantly bring it up, you know. And I'm not talking about. I'm not saying this to my wife. I'm saying this to the audience. Okay, but if people are constantly bringing it up, then you know, they're, they're creating that riff, that, that problem between the two, you know, so leaving the past behind you, that is a must. You, it's literally the forgive and forget. And I, 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 I can't stress that one enough. Number nine, learn to apologize. Oh, so important, especially for us that are hard headed and think that we are always right. And I'm not talking to you on that. I'm talking to myself and to the audience. <laughs> Yes, because I I definitely married I definitely married the mentality of Dudley Daniel, not not Debbie Daniel. <laughs> yes, so you did. I'm very strong willed. Yes, but and and knowing how to apologize too. That's another way too. It's like you don't always buy something for someone. It's literally can be a hey, listen. I'm sorry about that. I I really shouldn't have done that. You know, but 
I think a part of the apology has to be the recognizing of the failure. You know, right, because owning. if not, then it's an empty apologize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and owning that that failure too at the same time though. You know, like, because some people, they'll, they'll apologize and they'll be like, well, you know, I'm really sorry about blah, blah, blah. But if you wouldn't have, and as soon as you say, but you, if you wouldn't have, you literally just tried to shed that failure off of yourself and onto that other person. And really, it's, it shouldn't be about that. So, for instance, let's say, I don't know, maybe, oh, the time I did donuts in our front yard in my last truck and I slung mud everywhere. Oh, I was so mad. <laughs> oh, I was so oh, mad. That was, uh, that was definitely, my kids loved it. They were in the, ba- I mean, it was. Yes. Um, and I wasn't doing anything. Okay. So everybody listening, I wasn't doing anything crazy dangerous. I literally just donutted one time in my front yard in the snow and my kids were going crazy. They were in the seatbelts. They were fine. Um, and it slung mud all over the front of our white house. And it took me forever to bleach that white, all uh, that, that mud off the front of our house. I mean, I could have, you know, Obviously, I, I apologize for it, but it wasn't like I could but have. But then you cleaned it. it up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. So when you do apologize, if it is something you can clean up and fix, then do so. By the way, that was all my idea. Oh. It was none of Michelle's idea to do donuts in the front yard. So, <laughs> all right. No, I don't. I don't enjoy sliding in anything. <laughs> That's not supposed to slide. That's what happens. You grow up you know, in Maine and you learn that parking lots, that's, that's all a parking lot is for in the winter time is snow to cover it. So you can do donuts. Uh, number 10, respect each other when not together. Yes. So this comes in many forms. Um, this comes into forms of, uh, if you're having a discussion with somebody, you know, at work and you bring up your marriage, how you, present you know this falls right back in on that talking negatively how you present your spouse to somebody else at work will create an image to them and it can be disrespectful in a sense you know i i i've you know if if it was something funny oh you wouldn't believe what happened in my house i got you sometimes people say that but if when it comes to disrespectful you know and it's calling your spouse or significant other whoever by bad names or something in front of them. Now that's just that. I mean, that, that doesn't float in my boat. All right. So, so respect each other when not together. What do you have to say on that, Michelle? Well, and I think, I think this is very important to you, you know, where we spend, unfortunately, because of jobs, we spend a lot of time away from each other with this too. I feel like it kind of, I've always said that, when you're around, when your spouse is not there, you always act in a manner as they are standing right beside you. Mm, yes, absolutely. If you wouldn't do something without them standing beside you, then don't do it. Mm-hmm. Yep, that is exactly. Yep, that is exactly true. No matter whether they are not, you know, if if you act like they're right beside you, it's easier to make sure you don't say something that you shouldn't or that you could regret saying. You know, I mean, and then think about it. The person on the other side too. How uncomfortable would they be if you're if someone is bashing their spouse in front of them, and then all of a sudden, uh, now they have to see them 
And in their mind, they're probably thinking, wow, this person, you know, blah, 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 this, 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 you know, and it's just, it creates, I mean, a real uncomfortable atmosphere, you know, I mean, it, it just, it doesn't, nothing good comes from that. I could definitely say that. Right. So number 11, make sacrifices for each other and don't keep count. Wow. That one, <laughs> I could definitely say, uh, yeah, that one, that one's a pretty big one for us because, you know, this is we're we've been together over 15 years now um and we've spent definitely a for sure four almost well it'll be four apart uh th- because of this year but even when i'm there i mean I'm, I'm a bit of a workaholic so it's like i'm always at work or doing something you know i'm always busy it seems like i and that's that in itself you know, Michelle on her side, she's making the sacrifices, you know, she's, and also, I mean, I'm probably doing the same thing on my side for other things too, but not keeping count. I think that really, I think that helps also. All right. Cause at the end of the day, you're not making sacrifices just to be making them. You're making them for each other. You make just as many sacrifices as I make. They just come in different forms. And I think sometimes we get so caught up in what we're doing because we can, as humans, we tend to be a little self-centered at times. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That we forget what the other person is sacrificing because we're just focused inward on ourselves. Yes, definitely. Well, and you know, as I was thinking about that too, I was thinking, you know, make sacrifices for each other. But at the same time, sometimes like, one side could be a little bit more selfish than the other too. Um, maybe like, like all those times I used to like to go to comic book stores and stuff. And, and I always wanted to go comic cons and stuff, you know, obviously you made the sacrifices to you went with me, right? but at the same time, if you wanted to go do something, you know, I needed to be there to do things with you also. I mean, and it could have been something as simple as, you know, Hey, we're doing this work thing. Can you come, you know, Although I didn't want to, I would still go, you know, because obviously I needed to make that sacrifice, you know, um, and, and vice versa. Goodness, who, you know, how many times you've had to go to different uh, work functions for me, you know, that'd be a sacrifice. And really, it's, we have to show our face, things like that, you know, support the organization. So, Right. I was just going to go back to where you talked about the comic books. Just as an example, um, you really enjoyed that. You loved doing that. We did it almost every weekend. Mm-hmm. But I tried to find, I found one comic book that I was really interested in. So I had something to share with you. I could look for my comic while you looked for all of yours. And this, and that that particular. I think it's important to try to find that one. Yeah. That that particular comic for those who are listening, um, they made a really popular TV show out of it that she enjoyed. It's called The Walking Dead. So just let you know. Yes. I have a lot of the early editions of The Walking Dead. Yeah. Because I started it. <laughs> you sold some of them too. 15 years ago. <laughs> I did. Not the, not the expensive no. ones, just some of the cheaper yeah. ones. But that's, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's just, it's funny how um, we tend to not realize that we're selfish about something until we go too far with it. And I mean, I'm a, I'm a selfish person and I could definitely say that, wow, it's just sometimes I realize it and I'm like, oh crap, I need to do something for my wife or I need to do something for my children, you know, and and it could be as simple as simple as spending time, right? If you remember correctly, remember correctly, not too long before I left, you know, we started doing, we did some nightly walks and I really didn't want to, 
And then that one night is like, no, we're walking. We're going to walk. <laughs> and we still walked. And you're like, but we can go home. And I'm like, we're already halfway gone. Let's just keep walking. <laughs> of course, I didn't say it like that. But, but you know, but then I realized, wow, you know what? It's actually nice to get out and just walk with my wife and kids. So those are going to be the things that your kids remember. Yeah, you know. Those little times that we spent together. Yeah. And we take pictures of them. And, and then there was that, I... I wasn't with you when you walked with Ethan that time and he, he did the, he took a spill on his scooter. Yeah. Oh yeah. That was rough. Bless his heart. Yeah. All right. So the next, but he got back on it. what's the hat? But he finally got back on it. Yeah. Yeah. That's the good part. All right. So the next one, this is something we learned. We actually learned together in our, uh, in the marriage counseling we went through. And I would tell you, so with it, what made it really nice with the marriage counseling is Michelle went, and then she got me to tag along once. And then I went some too by myself later on. Cause then he asked me, Hey, would you like to show up? And he helped me with personal, you know, my own personal, like in my mind type things at the same time though, it kind of, you know, the things he brought up were just there to me. Now that I think about them, it's almost like it's common sense stuff, but then I didn't think that. So this next one, number 12 is remember you can only control you're 100% of the marriage, not theirs. How, I mean, how significant do you feel that is, Michelle? Oh, so important. Because I feel like, I know, and I'm a little bit of a control freak. I, I recognize that. I try to try to keep it at bay. But I, I found myself trying to control you, and I couldn't control you. And so that was a big lesson to learn. <laughs> My mom could have told you that. <laughs> I'm sure she can. She probably has several times. No, but exactly. You know, it's funny that you said that because like as soon as you start saying that, it made me remember some of the times when you would be like, well, you should do, you need to do this. And I would look at you like, "Uh, who are you telling me I need to do something? And and then I would give attitude, you give attitude back and then turn into argument. And it's realizing, you know, hey, I can only control my side of things. You know, it's not, if, I mean, we can help each other and hint each other along, you know, maybe leave little clues here and there every once in a while, but you really can't, I mean, there's no controlling. Like if, you know, something's going on, I, frankly, I cannot make my wife be on time. It's not my job to do <laughs> that. Okay. I can just tell her, Hey, this is what time I'd like to leave. And then I'll just, if I have to leave, then I leave, you know, to be on time somewhere. But I only say that because I know my father-in-law always says that, his with his wife and it's always a funny thing he laughs at that he'll never be on time ever again in his life <laughs> well i say you know we have two vehicles that's so right you will be on time and i'll be there as soon as i can with the kids that that is true that is true all right so the very next one you don't hear me talk much about this all right um this is number 13 i'm i don't talk much about this on the show um but within our marriage, we find this to be very important to us. Uh, and and it's, it's sharing our faith, our spirituality, our religion. Now, you may be, some, if you're listening and you don't have a faith, a spirituality, religion, there's something, you, you believe in something, you know, holistic. Um, and I would tell you, sharing that with one another also helps build ethics, morals, and, 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 and something to live by, to be just, you know, to be upright in a sense and, and to, you know, something to build off a foundation. Um, I would say that 
before I met my spouse, my wife, I didn't really have like a solid faith in anything. Um, it was after that I actually did. Um, so, I mean, that, to me, I find it that that's that that's that solid rock that we have to stand upon that we together we share. And because of that, it creates a closer unity. Yes. I think I think sharing your faith is very important too. I, I feel like if you're in a relationship and that does not come together, you don't have the same values, mm-hmm. especially in those areas. Um, I feel like it can cause a lot of riff, mm-hmm. um, especially when you get married and you start to have kids, because then it's well, where do they go? Who do they go with? Mm-hmm. Yeah, or and, and, or really when it comes down to like the basics of discipline or, or rules or, or, and, and they don't have to be generally rules, just how the children are raised, you know, how do they, how think, how do they grow up and stuff? And that's one of those commonalities that we have to have to, you know, to actually kind of flow as a family. And that's how, that's what ours is. Now, maybe those of you listening that you say, no, I don't believe that. Well, that's, that's how you all see it within your marriage or your, your relationship. But I would definitely say that that is something that's helped us build it to be a little bit better. Um, I, I personally, I, that is our foundation for us, but then again, it's all this stuff together. That's allowed us to kind of grow to where we are now. All right. So number 14, this is the last one on the list of the 14 areas of a lifelong marriage of influence. It is probably the one thing that we know we absolutely do every single day. And it's say, I love you every day and do it with meaning. I, 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 I can't think of a day that has gone by that, that hasn't been, those words have not been uttered by either one of us. Could you? No, no, that's so important. Mm-hmm. And you know, and like, I know that you love me, but how wonderful it is to hear it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. It's just, <clears throat> it's definitely, it's one of those things too, though. It's, it's a constant reminder, you know, of this is a marriage and we're going to go through the thick times. You know, it's, this is not, this is not something we're just going to end because, uh, we don't see eye to eye. No, we work through those. We went, you know, we, we communicate, we, we do things together. Um, but we also remind once an, one another, you know, uh, that that's how we feel about each other and we're able to move forward and build off of that, you know, it's, it's probably one of the most key things to our, to our marriage, because we don't go to bed at night and go to sleep at night without saying it. Usually if we wake up or normally I would get up and if she wakes up, then maybe we'll say, I'll say it before I leave. But I don't like used to, I'd wake her up to let her know. But then I was like, well, you know, because our children, they can be, uh, they can keep people up at night and I don't get, I don't wake up at night (laughs) when they wake up. But if she's up, I make sure she knows it before I leave the house. And, or like now we're thousands of miles away from one another, uh, on the other side of the, the globe from one another, whenever we uh, talk over whatever, up, you know, we always use the Facebook messenger, but whenever we talk, we make sure we tell each other. Um, and, and also it's something we, we display in front of our children too. I think that's key. Oh, it's so important for your kids to, to see their parents love each other because mm-hmm. you're showing them love too and it's showing them security. Yeah, that's definitely, uh, I would have to say that that was, it's funny because 
when I mentioned earlier, we come from two different backgrounds. Um, something that you obviously grew up with in your life, whether it be your parents, your grandparents, whoever, um, where in mine, it wasn't said so much. So it, it was tough for me to do versus not so tough for you, but it was tough for you for me when I wouldn't do it. And that was part, if you remember correctly, I remember Dude. this specifically during our uh, counseling we went through because I used to say me too or ditto to that whenever you would say it because I always had our Oh, I just told you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I just told. No, I just told I you just that. Said, Why do I have to tell you I love yeah, you? You know I yeah, do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuff like that. Um, and it, it was tough, you know, and it's, it's kind of like how do you break that barrier? What do you do, you know? Um, really it's just coming out with it, you know, and, and be able to talk about it. Um, but with that, I'll tell you this, uh, that's quite the list, 14 little areas. And I, I bet you, you know, I would definitely say that the two of us, we probably could come up with another 14, wouldn't you say? <laughs> probably. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, but with that, uh, I want to throw out a task to our listeners, uh, this is episode 24. So with it, when I throw out this task, what, what I'm asking for really is you're in a relationship. Are you in a relationship? So what is it that helps you in your relationship? What, what are, what are some, uh, areas that have, that aspects of your relationship that have helped you grow within that relationship? Love to hear it. I, I'm, I'm kind of excited to see what other people say and, you know, if it's something that Michelle and I have done over the years, you know, it's, I mean, goodness, we're, we've uh, been married for 14 years now, is it? Hold on. 15 years? 2005 minus eight. 13 years. I'm sorry. I can't do math well. Almost 14. It will be 14 this year, later this year. But, um, but with that, you know, it's, it's, it's good to, uh, to hear what other people have to say. Do you have anything else for the listeners, Michelle? I do not. Good, good. All right. Well, here we go. Um, so with that, make sure you check out the Instinctive Influencers podcast website. Um, that's www.instinctiveinfluencers.com. Also, if you are not part of our closed Facebook group, go type in 101 Influence in your search bar and click on that page. Go where it says visit group, answer the three questions. Uh, one of four people um, will accept you. It's either me, Michelle, um, or it could be Ed or Tammy. Uh, we're the basically the four of us are the administrators uh, for that show. So go in there, uh, you know, join the group, maybe join, be part of the discussions or part of the answer and questions and whatnot. Because every episode, pretty much every episode, we there's a couple episodes where we didn't put out a task, but we want you to go on there, join, be a part of our group, be a part of the discussions, um, and offer up advice because really, <clears throat> maybe uh, maybe the fourteen errors that we talked about today, uh, they may help you. Or maybe when we ask, you know, hey, what's something that's helped you in your relationship or aspect of your relationship that's helped grow that relationship? Maybe that's something that can help somebody else. Uh, better their marriage or better their relationship or, you know, or just help them through turbulent times because, you know, it's nothing like getting advice from somebody else that you completely have no idea who they are, but you just seen something and say, you know what that, you know what, that looks like a really good idea. I want to try that, you know? Um, 
but join that. Also, you can check us out on um, you can check us out on Instagram and Twitter, and you can also find uh, Ed and I both on LinkedIn. I I, I can I can't uh, tell you enough how much LinkedIn has helped me in my professional world. But I will tell you that when we learn about these different professional things, uh, they can also work within a relationship. They can work within the the marriage. It can work within the parenting. Um, so just look at that. I mean, look at some of those articles. They're just amazing. But with that, I really have nothing else left. So with, I'm going to sign off and say, thank you. Uh, I'm Brian, and this has been the instinctive influencers podcast. We thank you so much for listening. Have a great day.